and uh, kick us off with our, our intro, and then I'll do my uh, normal introduction. Alright, welcome and good morning to Adventures in DeFi Kingdoms. This morning, we have a very special guest, Mr. Zipper. How you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me again. Alright, and Nindorf as always. How are you today, Nindorf? Doing well. Welcome, listeners. Alright, well, um, so let's talk through um, a few introductory items. Um, and I am woefully underprepared here as I thought I would have my notes up. Um, but that's how this morning has been going. I was actually just joking around and telling, uh, Mr. Zipper when he jumped on, uh, for, and now you have to listen to the story again. That's what you get for being early. Um, yep. that, uh, I was driving my son to school this morning and then I went on autopilot and uh, just drove to work and then realized hey, I had something going on this morning and then drove back home and uh, here I am now to stream so uh, it was a, <laughs> a bit of a, a wild morning here at the uh, at the RAF household um, okay so for my introductory items you know I wanted to do a big thanks to uh, the punch team sandwich and uh, baby punch for having me on their stream and a big thanks to Tosh, who had Nindorf on his stream. We had a lot of fun with that on Tuesday. So if you hadn't had a chance to you know, check out those streams and to check out those YouTubers, uh, they're obviously putting out great content all the time. All right, Nindorf, uh, what's the question of the day? Yeah, sure. So obviously, given the we're in the meat of the sign-up period for the Perilous Journey here, you know, and we're, we, there's been a ton of discussion on who we're going to send. I, I thought it'd kind of be uh, a good idea to say, you know, what are you going to miss the most about those heroes that you've sent? Well, A, you don't know if they're coming back or not. But B, you know, what are you going to miss? All right, Mr. Zipper, you go first. Yeah, well, the first thing I will say is that I am definitely not going to miss having to send so many gardeners off on quests all the time, uh, <laughs> because every single hero that I have picked up for this journey uh, is a gardener, oh, and, yes. uh, and that's just become kind of unmanageable, so uh, I, I will be happy to bid them adieu uh, for the time being anyway. Oh. <laughs> um, what will I actually miss about them? Ah, I'm not sure. Um, you know, well, I'm sure we'll get into this later, but you know, I'm not mostly sending ones that I'm terribly attached to because I'm too sentimental. So, you know, the ones that I actually like and care about are staying close to home. That's, that's yeah. nice. Go ahead. Nine you, oh, oh, okay. okay. Uh, you go first and then I'll go. Sounds good. So for me, I really didn't actually acquire very many heroes for this. I've kind of just picked some out of my current hero hold that I'm going to select as, as members of the journey. So so for me, um, like I said, given that these are heroes that I've owned for a while, I think I'm going to miss, honestly, I think in the long run, I'm going to see a shortage of runes when these guys return. Like, I think I'm going to actually have an impact on my quest outputs. Uh, so I think I'm going to miss some of those quest outputs personally. Um, but of course, I'm, you know, as a lot of people, it seems like I'm not going to send any of my like quality mining crew or um, heroes that have, you know, other some, there are some one or two sentimental heroes, I suppose I'd say that keep it back as well. So, so that's, that's for me. 
Yeah, you know, for me, I would say I am sending, I think, all almost my entire stable of heroes. Uh, I'm definitely going a little crazy here. And in fact, I'm buying heroes just to send them, and we can get into that a little more later. Um, it, I guess my thought is I'm probably more so worried about uh, the regret of potential bad decisions. <laughs> And so, you know, I, I think it's, I'm, I'm making the right play, but if I get some really rough rolls on the, the survival rates, I think I'm going to, it's going to hurt. I'm going to cry myself to sleep. That's for sure. I hear you. All right. Well, the first thing that I wanted to jump into, and we'll save kind of the perilous journey and, and combat fun for a little later. Um, let's talk about the grant program. I, I saw you in the chat yesterday um or in the the listener group uh mr zipper why don't you go first what do you think of the ama i think i think it's exciting um you know there's uh, i mean first of all there's there's plenty that i i can't say obviously from you know since i'm a, a moderator now but um you know just in in general as as fox is kind of laying out that vision i'm i'm really excited about it uh i mean i think that actually may have come as a surprise to some people who like kind of maybe didn't realize that that this metaverse ish uh, plan was was out there. But that is something that he's he's talked about in the past. And, you know, I think we're finally starting to see it come out a little more explicitly in terms of, of what that might look like. Um, so, I mean, I, I think in general, that's really exciting. I do, you know, understand some of the concerns that were presented by, you know, some of the community members, uh, just in terms of like, how do you make this work in a way that, that doesn't unbalance the game or, you know, that protects, um, you know, protects what's been developed for, for DFK. And I, I definitely get that, you know, so I guess just thinking broadly about it, though, like, nobody's ever done this before that I'm aware of. And, and it seems really exciting. And, you know, it'll be some work to get it right but i think you know if there's a team that can do it it's you know it's this one and it'll be really exciting to see what comes of it i hear you what how about you Nindorf? you were able to catch it as well right yeah i caught most of it i think i missed the tail end i had a meeting i had to bounce out to but i i guess i was a little surprised you know i i agreed with a lot of the sentiment that it wasn't rolled out maybe the best because i actually had submitted one and i really just stuck to the Google Sheet form and didn't put an absolute ton into it because they made it sound like it was going to be a very iterative process and you'd refine it and talk and, and chit chat about it. And that just like never happened, I guess. Or maybe it's just mine was just too simple and didn't have enough data on it. But that would have been really nice to know because I, you know, I, I was kind of waiting and, you know, I'm like, am I going to get a response? And you hit the submit button and it just kind of goes into the ether. So I, I kind of hear some people's, you know, concerns there. The thing I was really the most surprised about was it's, there's a lot of negativity around it, honestly. And I think what I disliked about what people were asking and saying is it sounded like people were really trying to treat this grant program as a means to profit. And they were the most concerned about how they could profit from it. Uh, like they wanted to get their tool out there with DFK money, but then they also want to be skimming money on the side or making profits and making it the best place. I, I, I guess I was my ideas of, of our grants that, you know, the one I did submit and the ones that Raph and I are considering were definitely not really like that. We just kind of wanted a little bit of, of funding to help us offset our time and our costs. I, I was just sort of taken aback that people were, I don't know, primarily seemed to be focused on profit here. And I don't really think that's the point of this, this community that the devs are trying to build. 
So I don't know. That that was my thought, I guess. Hmm. It's interesting. Uh, I feel like I feel like there's probably a place for both of those things in the grant program, you know, because people, I mean, especially large teams, you know, will want to be developing stuff that can, uh, you know, that they can afford, you know, and, and a $50,000 grant is only going to go so far with a larger team. But uh, I definitely understand, you know, both of those equations. And I, I suspect, you know, again, this is just the very first one, but I suspect that as more of these come forward, we're going to see a lot more uh, of both of those of kinds of thing, you know, of single developers who were saying, hey, I just want a little support to get, you know, to get my tool a little more refined or or whatever. And, uh, you know, we're definitely going to see some of those as well. And I'm I'm really looking forward to that as well. Yeah, no doubt. And I think, too, I, I maybe maybe I should give a little context. I think the reason I was surprised is because if you look at a lot of the gaming communities out there that don't have grant programs, people just people just do this stuff because they love it. Like, right. so I was. You know, like I, I think of games out there, you know, that are still being played. Like there are still, yeah, you know, I was a big like Elder Scrolls guy, right? I love those. There's people still out there making Morrowind mods to this day and improving it and making, just having fun with it. They're spending tons of time and effort. Like I think those are the sorts of people that you want in this community. You don't want the people who are basically professional developers, I don't think. I mean, maybe you do. I mean, you need both, I suppose. But I would love to have the hobbyists that are, you know, the tinkers that are, are willing to do it just because of pure joy. See, I, you know, I could, I can see there being, uh, you know, my problem in life is I often see <laughs> things as a really wide spectrum. Um, and I think eventually I could kind of see some of what I think Frisky was talking about when it comes to, um, you know, I think he referenced Ready Player One and that super metaverse someday of like you could take your hero here in a DFK style game and put them into, you know, like a Halo battle game, you know, um, or an MMO game, or you could put them into a racing game or something like that. Um, and so I, I think that there's like those super, you know, long term, potentially aspirational style goals out there. And I, and I, I, you know, but with that said, like Nindorf mentioned earlier, you know, we've also been more focused on, you know, what are the potential tools that can augment or complement the, the, the current game in place? And, and how do we, uh, you know, we've been absolutely like, you know, organizing ourselves around, you know, how do we, you know, help at, you know, one of the things that's dear and dear to my heart, I call it is the democratization of data. And so some of our, our tools in, in the website of what Nindorf's developed and what we're trying to do with Discord and even the podcast itself is how do we bring some of this information to more people to help balance the playing field? And I, you know, I think I, I'm definitely probably falling more on the, the side of what you were starting to feel, Nindorf, as well. And I don't, I don't, I don't think I understand where some of the, the animosity, well, maybe animosity is too strong of a word, was coming from. Um, with this and you know one comment that i wanted to make and then i'll turn it back over to you guys for more conversation but um and i i I liked meta's uh feedback to frisky um it it was kind of crazy like it's like it feels like you're on a fly in the wall with two really smart dudes uh talking in the room at the same time um but one actually area where and i think they they do have to be cautious about you know how do they potentially value um, or allow the heroes to earn value outside of the, the core game functionality. 
Um, and I, I don't think it has to be one or the other, which felt like that was one of the points that he was making. And I think the what I'm keeping in mind is there's also still like a lot of inefficiency loss in the game itself. I mean, Mr. Zipper, you talked about sending all of your gardeners right now. What is the primary reason for that? It is so inefficient from a time perspective to send them out for questing. And so I think that there is an avenue out there, whether it's like you just have a a slow, more efficient garden that someone develops as an app. Um, You're going to earn less experience, but if you could send someone out um, and you click on them once a month, like that might have a benefit to someone out there in the world that you don't have to be clicking on them every you know, four hours and, you know, doing a ton of clicks because that's the way that gardening is right now. And so I I think that there is a ton of opportunity with like the game side development for people to come up with, you know, things that still create efficiencies, create value, but don't take away from the value of the game itself. What do you guys think? Yeah, I'd agree with that for sure. And I mean, I think the thing too is that people are are really looking at the game as it exists right at this moment, possibly, and and you know maybe not even thinking about what it may look like in you know a month or two months or something like that. Like, yeah, those gardeners are are a little rough right now, but you know how many like we also know that the team is working on changes to that. So uh, you know, it's like, well, do we need a third party thing to? Um, you know, to to help address that when we know that's coming down the line and we'll be ready long before any, you know, additional, you know, app or something could be developed, uh, you know, and and I know that the, the kind of longer staking aspect is something that a lot of people have been talking about recently. I think Fanpolis has been really um, uh, focused on, on that. And like, it seems, you know, from what we've heard from Hubert and a few places that like other quests will be different than the ones that we have right now. Um, so just because, you know, maybe, you know, it's not super, you know, click efficient right now for some things doesn't mean that it's not going to be different or there won't be different kinds of quests in the future. And like the Perilous Journey is a good example of that, right? Like we're actually, you know, taking those heroes out of circulation for, uh, I think, nine days, right. uh, you know, once they actually get sent off. So like, I mean, that is a, a long term staking contract uh, in in some ways. So, you know, I, th- I think our horizons will be a little bit expanded, uh, you know, as the game continues to develop as well. Yeah. How yeah about, I, go ahead. Nido. That's good. As I'm sitting here listening, because I, I kind of had a separate thought and this was something I was thinking too, during that AMA, it, it almost feels to me like we need to have the grant program needs to be split into two pieces. One piece where you intend to directly integrate with heroes and or tokens, and you want to make something that's going to change or utilize that. And then there's another entirely different third-party application grant program. Like, for example, our website, right? It has nothing to do with the actual smart contracts manipulations. It is purely just watching the blockchain or the API in order to provide data analysis. So like, I almost feel like those two camps need to be separated. And then you can have a stringent, a very stringent review process on the ones that are actually going to, say, burn hero stamina and give them XP, Um and things like that. But if you're just planning to integrate with the data side of the game, I feel like that could be a whole other sort of grant program where you're providing utility and, and kind of the, the meta game, as you like to call it, Raph, maybe if, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I, go ahead. Sorry. That's <laughs> just uh, commenting. I, I agree with you. I, and, you know, I also thought it 
it was a little confusing, as you mentioned early on, Nindorf, in your conversation about this. Um, you know, what progress or what, how far along or developed do they expect, um, you know, different grants to come in? And so, you know, is this a entry level that is going to need a lot of help by the team before it goes up to vote? Is this something that feels closer to a finished product? Does it need a lot of development? And so I think um, somehow, you know, some some visual indicators on, you know, what their expectations are for how far developed they are, or if they're willing to accept a range of different development um, would also be very beneficial and helpful as as people are, are going along. Yeah, I was, I was just thinking about that. I mean, and that's one of the things that I think caught the community the most off guard, actually, is because and, and I think that you're actually approaching this from the from the other uh, side of the equation. But like, I think, you know, for the, the team, at least, you know, like they brought this proposal forward to say, like, this is, you know, they've laid out a, a, a vision, you mm-hmm. know, which the community can agree with or not, you know, obviously, they have not developed a product yet. Um uh, you know, we feel that we as a team feel that this is something that, you know, we're willing to put to the community as a vote for whether they want, you know, to to move forward with it. And I think that a lot of community members were actually expecting, you know, uh, essentially a finished a more refined product. I know I, that surprised me, too. I when when we heard that, I was like, actually, <laughs> Nindorf and I were texting about it. We we're like, oh, my God, this is actually really developed um, from our perspective. But yeah. one thing that I think is is neat um, and not to, you know, just bash on the community. Um, is that I, I love how everyone, how serious they're taking their voting responsibilities. And so yeah. I, I think that at least is that that passion, I think, is awesome for, for the long-term success of the game. Yeah, good point. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, um, let's say, Nindorf here, anything else on the grant program that, that you want to talk about? Uh, I think I think that pretty much sums it for me. I think we've had some good conversation here. I, I I think you'll see this moving forward in more AMAs, too, so I think we all need to stay tuned. Uh, Mr. Zipper, anything else from you? Yeah, I mean, I just think this is this is just the very first the very first one, and, you know, maybe it wasn't what the community was expecting in, in, in many ways, but, you know, there are definitely going to be other kinds of grants. I've, you know, I've, I'm aware of other ones that are making their way through the pipeline that are more in line with some of the kinds of things that, that you guys were talking about and this kind of stuff that you're doing. So, I mean, it will happen. You know, right now there's like, there's one guy trying to, you know, review and develop 60 applications. And, wow. you know, that may, that may change, uh, you know, soon, <laughs> I think, um, because, you know, that, that's not sustainable because there actually is so much interest in it. And that's fantastic. So I think, you know, I think there's a lot more that will be coming out of this and the process will get refined. And I think we'll, you know, really start to see a lot of really cool stuff coming for, out of it. That's awesome. And I, I appreciate uh, the insight. Um, and, and thank you for, you know, sharing and pulling back the curtain just a little. <laughs> All right, so let's. Um, I kind of want to go over to the the tavern next. That's what I have up on screen, and I want to talk through um, some some combat aspects before we go into the perilous journey. So first off, I absolutely love the tavern right now. That heroes that are for sale, um, or heroes that are hanging out there, just showing up um, in the tavern itself. What do you guys think of that feature? I I think that's so cool. 
I love it. <laughs> I was so surprised when I saw it for the first time. Like, what are who are all these people and what are they doing in my tavern? Right. It's really nice to see the world get populated a little bit. I, exactly. That's what I was thinking too. It's so like I, I'm just kind of curious how they what the back end mechanism is to just determine who these are because I think they are. I don't know. Maybe I'm just not good at remembering names. I think they are changing occasionally. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I think it's actually random. Okay. Yeah. yeah, they change every time. And I, I tell you what, I cannot not click on them to see if there's oh. a mystic out there. Oh, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I, me too. I, I'm like, okay, I got to check out who are you. Um, I can't wait for it to continue to get more populated. Like, maybe they'll have, a, you know, a, a mythics table <laughs> later uh, in the tavern when it gets uh, expanded. Or, you know, like, this is an area, like, the, the secluded part of the club where the high rollers hang out. Yeah. Um, and then all of my common heroes will will be uh, belly up against the bar. Yeah, I think. I mean, I, I think they're just they're trying to play with some stuff right now, and you know, see how the community reacts and everything. I, I suspect that we'll see some more developments with with some of this. Like, you know, maybe you could have you know all of the heroes that populate or some set of them are ones that are actually for sale on the tavern you know so that could just be a, a random way of you know showing heroes that you could buy right now and i bet that would actually move some move some heroes if you know there was a random you know random guy in there and people could click and just hit buy you know real easily yeah i i absolutely agree so one thing that i wanted to jump into and start talking about you know in preparation for combat uh, one of the things that has been on my mind is the reward, and we'll get into this with the Perilous Journey, but the reward that is stats-based. And so you get plus five stat points to three unique stats. And one feature that Nindorf and I have been using, I, for me, this is the first time that I've used it, like literally ever, um, is actually uh, going over to the filter that's the stats filter and starting to plug in, um, you know, whether it's HP, stamina, well, not stamina, uh, strength, intelligence, wisdom, luck, you know, any one of the eight, um, you know, conventional stat items, punching in a number like, let's see, how many heroes have a luck of 25 or greater? Um, applying that and then taking a peek at those and then going over to... Um, then the the sale part of the tavern and actually looking at all right how many are for sale that have you know twenty or greater luck and and let's take a peek at those because um, as, as I'm starting to think through who do I possibly want to send I think there's a lot of you know last minute hidden value here for for some of our listeners that if you want to take a flyer on on someone who would really benefit from those plus five stats, they're already at the precipice of being, you know, good from a combat standpoint, because we know that combat is going to be stats-based. Um, and maybe we'll, we'll explain that a little bit, too. So let's pause for a second on buying based on stats, and maybe, Nindorf, tell us what you know about the, the current first stage or the first rollout of, of combat being stats-based. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I don't know that I have a whole lot of information other than it seems like there's a, how did they phrase it? It was going to be like a, a uh, around seven rounds of, of some sort of com comparison with random roles. Isn't, isn't that what we've kind of heard, I believe? 
Yeah, I think so. That that seems to be about right. And, you know, I'm trying to imagine exactly what that looks like. And I think um, uh, Petrify actually came up with a, a really good vision of what that could look like. And, you know, he's, he's a game designer as well and likes to post, you know, these kind of speculative things. But he said something like, uh, you know, take a, D, a D100 die, you know, roll, roll 100 versus your stat score and have, you know, both heroes do that. So, you know, if you have 21 luck, you have to... Uh, you know, either get under 21 or get over 79 or whatever, um, you know, and then have the two heroes do that and which, you know, they get a point for each time they, they hit and, you know, whichever one gets to seven first sort of thing. Uh, so that could be one way of, you know, just vision, envisioning how that actually plays out, uh, you know, maybe with some bonuses for, you know, for the matching um, stat, stat bonuses and stuff too, which I know Hubert has said is, is a part of it. Right, it, it almost seems like a, a weighted version of rock, paper, scissors. Like, right, you know? exactly. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm getting excited. Um, you know, I, I think idle combat, to me, the the, the future vision or what we know about it um, for, for combat is I in near and dear to my heart, you know, whether it's turn-based games or strategy and, and you know, chess-style games, I... I love the idea of, you know, trying to to build a, a party of of characters of heroes, uh, setting your skill tree, and then setting the order of how you're going to use your skills in this combat against. And we don't know what the level of visibility would be against the team that you're facing. And I think that there's going to be so many rock paper scissors elements in the future combat of the game that it's going to allow for a ton of fun strategic conversations. And I feel like we're just hitting the, the tip of the iceberg here with just starting to, to look at stats and, and realize what's what's potentially out there. Um, so, I, so I think that's pretty neat. So right now I have up on screen um, the, the tavern section for buying heroes, and I'm sorting by stats. And one of the things that you can do right now um, is punch in like I so I just punched in 22 minimum intelligence just to see who's out there right now. Um, there are summoners level six for 95 jewel on the marketplace, um, and I, I, I it's just crazy to me that um, you know if if they get um, then plus five to that and there are 27 level intelligence. Let's jump back over to the barkeep and look at the hero catalog. And if you sort by the number of heroes with 27 intelligence, clicking apply now, uh, there's 64 heroes out there. Um, and the ones that are, let's look, because a lot of, I'm seeing a lot of level 10s, um, or we'll click non-gen zeros because they won't be eligible for the plus five stat bonus. Um, so then your number goes to 61. And if you move your level slider and go heroes under level 6, or 6 and under, there's only 53. So, I mean, there's a, and maybe that one's a, an example of where you'd actually want to look for, you know, instead of 22 intelligence, maybe 23 or 24, and start to push that number. Anyways, I'm doing a lot of uh, mapping here on the fly. Nindorf um, and Mr. Zipper, I gave you guys a little bit of homework to look at what is either 
thematically something that you're you're looking for if you're buying in in this kind of price range or potentially do you even have a hero picked out and so um Nindorf, let's go with you first what is your i gave you the category of heroes under 50 jewel so um do you see anyone that's under 50 jewel that you think would be a great steal and if you're making a buying decision based off of looking at a hero that's going to cost less than 50 jewel what is your what are your critical elements of what you're looking at yeah so i think it's it's interesting because I, I like your approach you're talking basically let's try to max a particular stat which has a very unique sort of uh idea on how combat could play i think there's also a counter strategy where you want to try to have the highest overall stats to get say so say you're your summoner there what if this happened to be a a, a a role in pvp where agility came up or dexterity you know then your summoner you're like oh man like i got no chance on this one uh, strength exactly especially so i think my approach um which i love that idea of looking at maxes i think another approach is just to focus on for your level how many cumulative stat points do you have? Like how well-rounded is this hero? Mm. Um, and then combine that with your, more specifically at the moment, your blue gene, because that has an additional impact moving forward, whereas the green gene's kind of already figured in, at least from a stat point perspective. So kind of with that in mind, um, the other thing I wanted to look at is level, because I, if I can pay the same amount for a higher level hero, I'm gonna do that every day. So those are kind of the criteria I put in. And so I just put in, first started with level five and above with 50 jewel and under, and I didn't find any, which I'm not surprised. So people value that level five. Um, I dropped it down to level four though, and I got five output here, five heroes. So then I'm flipping over the cards and I got that uh, Chrome plugin where it adds the stats to your card and your, you know, so it adds up how many stat points are there for you. Oh, I need to um, get that. Yeah, it's pretty slick. And so there's a level four warrior monk, and he's got boosted endurance, which is green. Now he's got, or blue, sorry. His dexterity is green, so, you know, that's, that's fine. He is a forager, which doesn't seem all that valuable, but cumulatively he has already has 84 stat points for a common hero. So that's <laughs> quite a bit higher than the other heroes I'm seeing um, at, at 50 jewel or under. I think the closest other one I see is 81 maybe. So he's got, you know, I mean, you know, sure, three more stat points, right? But he's only level four, too. So, you know, those will have a chance to... Basically, someone has rolled good luck goals on his level ups, and I I will put that as a higher value. Um, I would had a, a hero I leveled up yesterday who uh, who got t- plus two, like, in all of his categories. I was like, ouch. Luckily, he's one of my miners, and the, both of the two were endurance. So I was like, okay, fine, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So that's kind of my thought process here. So I, I like that, you know, you're looking at gaining value from both a a level up standpoint and a luck standpoint. And so you're saying, I'll let someone else do the clicking for me. I'm going after the, the higher level heroes because that is a pain and a, a real drag to go do that many quests. When they're leveled up already, they're going to have, you know, like this guy has... Um, I have him up right now, 13.4 foraging. That's that's no slouch. Um, 
and two thirds of the uh, the value of what they're bringing in is coming back from that score, and uh, the other one third is coming from a, a reasonably high dexterity on the foraging side. So, um, I I think that's uh, a really unique approach, and then, like you said, you're also getting a hero that. Um, maybe undervalued that had really good luck in his statistics of of what he rolled on the level up. And so it has uh, whether total stat points or stat points in the right places. What do you think, Zipper? Yeah, I, I I can't disagree at all with this approach. I think I think it's exactly right. I mean, looking for that kind of value in places where you know you might not expect it, you know, and, and that's not dissimilar to how you know a few months ago we were all saying, oh well, you know, where can we find cheap heroes with advanced genes? You know, um, I think it's the same same sort of things. Like if what's everybody looking at, and then okay, well, what are people not looking at yet? Uh, and so. I, I love, you know, like, well, what, which stats are they going for? Um, you know, and that Chrome tool is a great one. I uh, recently added to, you know, to HeroBot a little function that um, will tell you how many uh, stat points above or below average for the, the uh, hero's class, subclass, level, uh, rarity, stat boost. You know, so That's like, awesome. you know, to, to figure out, you nice. know, exactly you know, where in that, in that ranking they are. So, you know, that'll give you like, okay, well, you know, they're level four, but they're only plus one, you know, over their average stats for, you know, for a similar hero or something like that. So that can be a place to keep an eye on. And I've seen some heroes that are like plus 10, you know, over average, which is just nice. nuts. Um, wow. You know, so that's definitely something to keep an eye on. But I, I do love the approach too of thinking like, okay, well, you could try to buy a hero specifically for Perilous Journey, either because it's going to survive and get the best value out of you know the cost versus the um, you know the chance of survival versus all of the potential rewards for uh, for dying or not dying. Um, you know, and, and thinking about it that way, or saying like, okay, well, this hero would really benefit well from a certain you know, from that that stat boost or something like that. And so, you know, and then looking at those stats, and you know, as, as you were saying, uh, Raph, you're like, oh, well, let's look for the ones that are already really high on a particular stat and, you know, go all in on that. So, like, I think, you know, if you were looking at a slightly higher end of heroes, you know, if you were looking in the, the rare legendary, you know, range, you would want to take a look at um, those... Well, level five is, is going to be harder because uh, they're going to be a lot more expensive. But, you know, look at the ones where those random rarity boosts have landed on the right stats. And, you know, it might be harder to find deals there, possibly. Um, but, you know, if you really wanted to find something that, you know, could potentially be super competitive for uh, for these land tournaments or something, you know, whether the survivor land tournaments or, or just the regular ones, uh, you know, trying to find those places where, you know, you have somebody with you know 20 or 22 in a, in a particular stat already and you know they're definitely out there and they may not be valued you know fully um so one hero you know you would ask me to find a hero under 150 jewel and so one that kind of stuck out to me potentially uh we're actually looking in the rares and the level fours so we're in the right place already um but i was actually looking at advanced heroes okay. uh, advanced classes because uh, those tend to let me filter it um, down to advanced class. We'll we'll not have you yeah, give it away yet, so we'll we'll okay. uh, we'll guess. All right, 
filtering on advanced glasses, rare, level yeah, four. You can, you can probably guess which one actually stood out to me already. Uh, <laughs> and it's the one that's a lot cheaper than the rest of them. Yeah. Um, because again, you know, you're looking at this advanced class, it's got rarity bonuses, uh, it's got, you know, a bunch of gardening already, but, you know, this is maybe not one that's going to win you a land tournament, but take a look at those, you know, those stats. Like you've yeah. got 16 Agi, 15 Dex, 15 Luck. And, you know, and 12 Vitality, which is, or, you know, with the blue boost on Vitality. So, like, there's some interesting stuff going on there. Like, that's a really well-balanced hero. And if you were to put plus five stats on, you know, those three places, like, that would be pretty solid, you know, going forward, uh, which is interesting. And then the other thing that caught my attention, too, is that it's a Ninja Archer. So you have, like, a nice alignment. Of dexterity. Uh, you know, pretty nice yeah. alignment, yeah, of, of uh, that subclass as well, which... As we know now, thanks to Metas, is you know is pretty much the most important thing to look at uh, yeah. in terms of you know future stat growth. Yeah, I I I like this. Um, I like your approach here of looking also at the the advanced classes, and you know I can't help but wonder, and I feel a little um, you know bitter about this at the moment that you know I've I've been going through and doing a, a pure. Um, Gen 1, 10 of 10 uh, summon strategy, and uh, two of my groups were pirate monks. And so as I've been selling off my, my common ninjas at a, a really discounted price, I've been, you know, feeling like ninjas are, are just entirely undervalued in the market. And I think you're seeing that here, too, that the, the lowest yeah. priced hero by a long shot um, is a ninja. I, I think, and as Hubert has mentioned before, Heroes and their stats are all balanced based on combat. And so I think that there's going to be a place for potentially all hero classes in the game. Sure, there are going to be some classes that, you know, naturally as a metagame develops are going to be weaker than others. Um, but I, I think that, you know, if someone's really looking for some long-term hold, I love that you picked a ninja. I think that's uh, that's the right way to go. They're starting to become my favorite class as well. Yeah, maybe because they under they seem to be undervalued, but like they're really cool. <laughs> they're the underdogs. Yeah. Um, okay, so tell me, let's let's get um, into combat some more on the the theme of ninja. I wasn't planning on doing this, so I'm going a little off script. What role do you feel that um, agility, or in this game, really speed, is going to play um, in idle combat in the future? Maybe Nindorf, you go first. Sure, yeah. Um, so I think, you know, it's it's going to be one of those those modifiers like we're used to seeing, right? Like the damage per second, you know, when this comes out to actual combat. Uh, you know, and is, is your ninja, It's it seems like, given that he doesn't have high amounts of strength, say, uh, that it's going to be a modifier for how many attacks per second he has to really stack up his damage. You know, and that's kind of an interesting thing, too, because, you know, you counter that with a thief, right? Is a thief like one, you know, surgical strike slowly that does a lot of damage? You know, if you kind of think of it that way. Um, so I think these each of these stats for their classes are going to be extremely interesting to see how they play out. And I think the other thing we got to remember, too, is there's there's more classes that we don't even know about yet. You know, we're going to see two new ones here with Crystal Veil, and hopefully in the near future. Three so new ones, get, in fact. Yeah, throw another wrench into the works, right? 
Yeah, absolutely. It's going to be, I mean, it's going to be fascinating because you get the two basics and the new advance too, which is super exciting. And I, I is there going to be a new profession yeah, also? Ooh, I don't know about that. I've heard some, feel like I've heard people speculating on that, but I don't feel like I've heard enough confirmation on that yet to be, to be certain. So we'll, we'll see what happens there. And of course, all of this will be rolled out, you know, slowly uh, as well. I mean, faster than, than the first time, but you know, it'll be a little while, I think, before we see, um, you know, see new heroes starting to come out of Crystal Vale. Yeah, um, that's true. No, but sorry, you know, we got totally off topic there. No, that's so, all you, right. know, <laughs> um, you know, the, go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, we have so we have another question that came in. Are you okay with? Or do you have something on agility that you want to uh, touch on? Otherwise, I'm going to go to one of our YouTube questions. I mean, I was just going to say really quick that I do wonder if agility will be the sort of thing that determines the order of actions in combat. Um, you know, oh. or the order of heroes happening. It's you know that's not explicitly what it says in in the docs, but I do what you know. Will the ninja just be the first one to go because or the thief? You know, because they've got the high agility there, so that might be a possibility as well. I love that. I I think that uh, I think you're spot on, and I think if you look at a lot of turn-based games, agility is actually um, or speed is actually one of the most important stats in the game because it allows you to attack first. And when you're in a in an environment where you you know whether it's turn-based or it's like idle where it's kind of like predetermined turn bases, if you think about it. If you can attack before your opponent can strike back, you can, you know, whether you're both whittling down your health, um, if you deal the final blow, they're not hitting you back. And then they have to send out their next hero. So I, I think that there is a, a, a ton of value in, in agility that just is, is not being tapped into right now, whether it's first strike or, you know, kind of getting in that last strike before before uh, you can knock someone else out before they knock you out. All right, so uh, we had a chat in YouTube here. Um, I wonder if HP will play a role in 1v1 battles. Like, maybe the roles subtract from the HP of your opponents uh, based on the skill stat of the battle until one is exhausted. So, Mr. Zipper, that's kind of similar to what you were describing. What are your thoughts on that? I love it as an idea. I think it's fantastic. I'd love to see something like that implemented. Um you know, I, I have no idea. Um, that would be really cool to so that it wasn't just purely about, uh, you know, that one stat, uh, but that if it was, you know, put you know, roll, rolling for that one stat and then, you know, actually dealing, uh, you know, combat damage and, and taking away from the hit points would would just add a little bit of an extra layer to it. I, I don't know if that would specifically end up benefiting um, you know, certain kinds of, of heroes or not, but like it it sounds really interesting and, and seems like it could add a, an extra layer. So I would, I would love to see that. All right. Well, let's go to, uh, anything else on combat before we, we move on to, uh, peanut butter and jelly. Yeah, I don't think so. Oh, I love that. <laughs> All right. Well, now for the main event, uh, Mr. Zipper, maybe I'll have you, uh, kick us off first. How are you approaching the pajama program? Yeah. Um, I mean, so uh, yeah, I hinted at this earlier. I think for me, the most important thing is just to to get some heroes out there, make sure at least one of them survives, get the achievement, uh, you know, maybe get some some crystals and some uh, some actual crystal, uh, maybe some 
other kinds of stones and crystals, you know, all, all the get all the rewards from it and, uh, you know, have just participated. Um, I am not, you know, a min-maxer in this uh, kind of environment. I'm, uh, you know, if we consider this from a financial standpoint, I'm a really conservative investor. I don't even know what I'm doing in DeFi uh, in the first place. Um, so, you know, I'm not like you who's going to send out their entire barn. Um, so, you know, I, like I said, I've picked up a handful of heroes that I thought were, um, you know, a pretty good value for the price that I paid for them in terms of, you know, hopefully getting some basic returns on them. Um, you know, but I'm not sending out my most valuable ones, uh, both because of sentimental reasons and also because like, I feel like every hero I own has like a specific place in, you know, like there's a specific reason that I bought it. It's, you know, because they're you know, triple advanced commons or double advanced legendaries or, you know, whatever, but like they all have, you know, some sort of a purpose or like are really good and I would be really sad to lose them. Um, you know, and maybe that's precisely why I should send them is because like, oh, these are heroes that would really benefit from, you know, those plus 15 stats and from everything else, um, you know, or even could be competitive. But like, I kind of figure I'm not going to win the Gen Zeros. I'm not going to win the land tournament, uh, you know, and I'm okay with that. So like, I just want to make sure I participate. Uh, you know, we'll send send some gardeners off to their deaths. Uh, and I don't know what I'm going to do with them if they come back. <laughs> All right, Nindorf, how are you approaching this? Well, you know, I think, excuse me, for me, it's kind of ever changing. Uh, I had, you know, I think I have it figured out. And then six hours later, I refigure it out. And I'm like, no, 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 I was wrong. <laughs> no, he, I keep going through this. And overnight, like I woke up this morning feeling like, you know, I've been looking at these heroes that are for sale in the tavern. And I've been noticing a definite price appreciation for heroes that are, I will call them higher quality. Like, like Raph, you and I have been looking at like the mythic or legendary market for purchases, right? Yeah. Um, and those prices have been wandering up pretty consistently, I would say. Um, and so that made me think, you know, this is a this is a, a this is a large gamble, right? Even the rare sage that I I want to send, who I've already rented out twice to burn off those summons and extract all that value, like, do I really want to wage that remaining two three hundred jewel that's about value in that hero? Or if these prices keep creeping up before the end of it? I might actually consider listing that sage uh, for sale and just make a profit and then just drop that money in the gardens and wait for the heroes to return. So I'm I'm like all over the place right now still. I, I think personally, I do have a, I have a mythic warrior I plan to send. He's got a couple summons left, but again, cost prohibitive, like they wouldn't provide any value. Um, I've got another legendary I'm considering, my rare sage. The one that I'm really on the fence about, and Raph, I was talking to you yesterday about this one. I have a rare summoner who's actually level six, has the gardening gene, my number one gardener, right? Um, but if I look at this hero, um, it already has, uh, let me hit the button so I can flip over to the card here. Sorry, I'm not sharing my screen, so I'll just have to talk to it. Um, intelligence at 27 and wisdom at 21. And a grand total of 118 stat points total. Like, so I'm like, this character is kind of a beast. Like, do I, A, just keep it to pull, you know, my half a jewel or whatever it is, every gardening quest and just make some money? Do I sell this hero at, I bet you, I was looking in the market, there's nothing, no hero even near this hero in terms of stats for sale right now. 
uh, what's, uh, I'm seeing level ones and what's level his twos. He- what's, what's his hero number? I'll, I'll bring yeah, it up on pop, screen. Yeah, let's pop it in. Yep, five three six five one. All right. And this is one that I summoned. Eflin Gray Force. Yeah, and I love the name too. I think the character looks kind of cool too. Um, but yeah, look at those stats. Like, I mean, this this guy's rolled well. So I plugged this hero number into our our, our web page, um, and I, I love the the part where it's like your average stacking per level. And it's at a nine point four. So basically. Including the rare bonus, you know, at level five, this character's averaging almost nine and a half stat gains per level. So this is the one that's been lucky, right? Yeah. So, you know, my this is this is the hardest one for me to decide. Like, he's already 27. If he comes back and he survives and he's at a 32 for intelligence, and, you know, I'm, that could be crazy, right? So I don't know. What do you guys think? Level seven as well, because you get the XP bonus. So oh, that's you know, true. You're going to get even more uh, of some of those stats. Yeah, that's that's, that's a nuts hero. Um, that's absolutely crazy, and I would have a really hard time sending that. But I mean, I think this is what I was saying too. It's like the ones that are the hardest to send are the ones I think that are probably going to get the most benefit from it if they survive. And and you know that's the dilemma that that this entire um, event sets up for everybody is that it's it's really hard to make those decisions because it is you know indeed high risk high reward yeah and i think i'm leaning towards not with this character simply because wisdom and intelligence are both stat boosted and those are the two number one summoner skills and it's a gardening profession so those are things that you'll get no value for in death so honestly that alone is the one reason um that's really making this hard. Now, if there was a bonus to sending max, you know, max better, uh, heroes in death, then maybe that would tip the scales. But you know, I it's yeah, this this is the one that's got me just racking my brain trying to figure out what to do as the days tick by here. Yeah, mine is a. I'll I'll bring him up on screen here. Um, all right, so mine is my uh, legendary. Dark Knight, who? Let me bring him up. All right, so I have a, a legendary Dark Knight, um, Amphril Rock Shadow. His strength is twenty nine, and he's wow. level six. And when I looked at that uh, a day and a half ago, he's one of nine heroes uh, who have strength 29 and above. Um, and a, a few of those are level 10s, uh, obviously. So I think he's uh, he's one of those guys that, you know, I'm, I'm starting to, to kind of feel that, that strength, same pressure that you, that you are. Um, he's a forager level 17. Um and with decent, uh, you know, dexterity and intelligence as a Dark Knight. So he is hauling in the, uh, the, he's my number one forager by far. But he's one of those guys that I feel like I might actually have a shot at a land tournament with him. And there's a little bit of fear of missing out um, that's playing into my calculus, which is, you know, if I, like, it's kind of like a battle of escalation. If I don't send him on this trip, I'm worried that instead of being one of nine, he'll then be one of, 
you know, realistically, probably hundreds that end up jumping up five whole stat points. I mean, there could be, you know, if you think about it, it's probably a lot like a normal distribution where you see, you know, very few heroes on, you know, the the head or the tail of that normal distribution. And there's probably a, a couple hundred that are, you know, just behind him in that, you know, that 27, 28 range. So that's something, well, actually, I guess I could look at that right now. Um, what are, what's his hero number, by the way? Oh, yeah, sorry. Um, six, seven, eight, nine. Yeah, three six seven eight nine. And, and I gotta say, I mean, I looked it up, and and Herobot as well has rolled plus nine over average. Wow. <laughs> so I mean, that's that's insane. He's, he's a beast. So yeah, yeah and, and on our website, his average gain per level is eleven stat points. I don't know that I've ever seen that. So he's already ahead of the curve without even going on the journey. So in my mind, he's already got the luck on his side. That would be the that would be the the info I need to keep him back home and say let's just let this guy ride. He's already he's already on a winning horse. So, but and I guess there's a part of me that just kind of feels like, what's his survival rate right now? Fifty nine percent. Fifty nine percent. He'll he'll also join a, a Gen one boat, so he'll jump right up to sixty two percent. Yeah. Or a Gen, a Gen zero boat. Yeah. But that's still pretty high chance of dying for such a phenomenal character. Yeah. So let's let's look at this. So I'm gonna look at um, Hero Viewer catalog here and just punch in. Um, let's just say twenty twenty six strength overall. There are forty one heroes. If I punch in twenty five strength overall, there's sixty five heroes. And 24 strength. So I guess it, by comparison, my fear of missing out isn't quite as bad. So 24 strength and above, there are 96 heroes there. Um, and so let's just say if if, ha- if every one of these went on the journey and half of them made it, you know, there's another, uh, you know, 30 heroes, um, 40 minus uh, nine that are already there at, at this guy's 29 and above level, um, 30 more that are, that are in his rank. So I guess that's, that's not quite as bad as I was kind of fearing. I don't know. So like you said, nine or I'm, I'm going back and forth every day. Can't decide if, if I should send him or not. Um, gosh, yeah. I, what do you guys think? What, or what do you think? Uh, you already told me nine or what do you think? Uh, Mr. Zipper? I mean, it's it's the same dilemma, right? You know, I mean, he's definitely competitive right now for stuff, you know, but if you send him and he makes it, then, you know... He's you god could tier. Probably, <laughs> you could probably win... Yeah, he's god tier. You could probably win the one strength land tournament, like, has a decent shot at that, you know, of the special set, or, you know, certainly a great shot at, you know, at all of the rest of them as well. Yeah. So, I mean, it's it's such a tough, such a tough decision. Um, one of our uh, viewers had a, you know, has a similar question about a common dark knight level six with twenty-seven strength, and you know, for a common, that's nuts. That's um, really good. You know, that, I looked awesome that one stat. up too, and that one's rolled minus seven on average for you know for its level ups, which means that basically it's all strength, and everything else is like has no stats wow. at all. So like. I mean, you know, but maybe it's easier to send, I mean, I don't want to speak to, you know, to this viewer's personal situation, but, you know, if, you know, if Raffit were your hero, you would 
maybe would have an easier time sending the common Dark Knight who has great stats than, you know, and could still be really competitive than the super valuable legendary that has similar, very similar yeah. stats. Um, you know, that's that's probably just an easier thing to do just because of the value of the hero. So maybe that says something about like where we should be looking for those, you know, ultra valuable heroes that we want to send are actually the common ones, uh, you know, the ones that are less valuable, but still have really significant stat points. I don't know. And you got to remember, too, that if they do survive and come back and maybe they have a negative average role for things, this is an opportunity to right that wrong a little bit, too. That's for know? sure. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, that, that was actually kind of fun. Um, any other listeners right now that want to give us, we'll maybe go through two hero ID numbers. Um, and just a, a quick reminder that the the stream is a, a few seconds behind our, our voice. So it might... Uh, look a little funny uh but go ahead and, and drop into chat um and we'll wait here about um you know about a minute for these to come in we'll do uh the, the next two hero ids that that show up if there's someone you want us to take a peek at and our esteemed panel here will give you our thoughts on if we we'd send them or not um uh, before we we go on to the next topic so uh, this has been fun doing uh, a, a live chat uh the last time we tried doing a live stream it was a total disaster um i ended up giving away i tried to summon for c9n gave away the wrong hero um anyway so we're, we're trying to, to re- rectify that and uh you know make this a little more interactive um in the future going forward and now my computer is not crashing well so far so uh that that's a good thing all right well we'll wait just a, a couple more seconds here as um as this uh, starts, hopefully, uh, rolls in if someone else wants to take a peek at it. Um, all right, so as we're looking to, to fill time, um, you know, maybe, Mr. Zipper, take us to how to, I call them death crystals. Um, you know, they're atonement, attunement, uh, enhancement, um, a something yeah. meant, a, a, a cement crystal. I'm not sure. Yeah, maybe it's a boat anchor. Uh, it. <laughs> You know, throw throw the hero overboard with it, and the crystal comes up. Um, death crystals has just been easier for me to to comprehend. Um, give us uh, the the brief rundown on, uh, you know, maybe what are these these crystals that we can earn on the journey, and how much are that we've kind of already talked about stat points valuing into our decision. How are crystals uh, weighing into your decision? Yeah, I mean. As I, you know, kind of mentioned before, like, is, you know, since I've been looking kind of purely at the material rewards, like, that's definitely something I'm looking at. Of course, it's really hard to value them because they don't, you know, mostly don't exist yet. So that's, you know, that's its own separate thing. But I mean, just to take a step back for a minute, you know, we've started to see a couple of these different kinds of, of stones and crystals. So like, there's, there's two categories. There's the enhancement stones, and these are ones that you use at summoning. They can only be used, you know, once, obviously, and, you know, only one per summon. Uh, but these will give a permanent bonus to the summoned hero. Um, and uh, for these lesser enhancement stones, and we've seen a couple of these in game already, these lesser chaos uh, enhancement stones, which pick a random stat, you know, gives plus four to that stat plus 3% to the primary stat growth of that stat and plus 5 to the secondary stat growth of that stat. So like these are, you know, permanent boosts that come into play every single time, you know, the hero levels uh, that'll increase its overall stats over time. Um, 
So, you know, those are going to be really exciting. The cool thing about what we're getting from this, uh, from the Perilous Journey is that uh, these uh, stones are going to be attuned. I shouldn't use that word because it's just going to get more confusing. Uh, we'll be focused on a specific stat. So, mm -hmm. you know, depending on what, you know, your hero is good at, that's the kind of stats that you're going to, or the stones that you'll get back. So, you know, you'll have, be able to have one for strength and for dex and for agi and, you know, for everything. So if you're trying to, I mean, that's a gamble too, when you're summoning, you're, you know, kind of banking on what kind of hero you're going to get out of it. If you're going to, you know, give it permanent bonuses to, uh, certain kinds of stats so i wouldn't be surprised to see some of those crystals be more valuable than others or people maybe even changing their summoning uh patterns in a way to say like oh i want to make sure i get something that's going to be able to use the strength stone or maybe that means that that vitality ones are really valuable because everybody wants but i don't know you know so all sorts of possibilities there so that's going to be really exciting for uh, summoning to see more of those coming into the market and then the other ones are the attunement crystals and <laughs> We have a one kind of attunement crystal already, and that is the atonement crystal, which is a subset <laughs> of attunement crystal. Uh, and I thought that that was the most crafty name I had ever heard of when it was first announced. <laughs> right. And it has actually been the most annoying thing ever because it's ended up being so confusing um, for people. And, yeah. you know, those are to fix bugs. They're one-time use uh only once once if one of each kind per hero um you know and those in general should be very limited like that's not going to be a big thing going forward um so the attunement crystals on the other hand you know the regular attunement crystals we have not seen yet uh but these are going to be very common i think uh, i mean not common but they're going to be something that people are using very frequently during leveling so i mean you can use one of these uh, of any kind every single time you level uh and they give a temporary uh, not temporary but they give a chance to boost uh the the stat growth primary and secondary for uh you know for that particular level up these are not the permanent bonuses because that would be insane. Um, but rather, you know, as you level up, you get the plus 5% to primary and 15% to secondary for, for a lesser. So, you know, if you use one of these every, uh, every level up, all 100 level ups, uh, you know, you're going to end up with, uh, you know, plus 20 or plus 40 stats to your hero on average. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, those are going to be a major component. Uh, and, I was looking back at the chat and I saw that Hubert back in, I don't know, October, or November, you know, said that these are going to be craftable as well. So I'm hoping that'll still be the case. Oh. Uh, I don't know when that'll come out, but, you know, I, I think in general, these are going to be, you know, something that we're generally using all the time. Well, that's fascinating. Very that makes me want to go buy a bunch of uh, floor price wizards and send them on the boat and turn them into crystals that I can then feed to my rare summoner. And then he doesn't have to risk it. Ooh. Exactly. So interesting. To to accomplish that strategy, you would need to um well you'd have to be leveling up and you would be boosting then the percentage the roll percentage of of that level up. And so right now if your summoner uh what would it, like a wisdom or an intelligence be like 85 i think on a, on a summer 80, something like that um yep. and so you could a, a major one that boosts it by 10 percent. i mean it's almost close to a sure thing um and it boosts it what 10 percent, and then like i think 30 percent for the secondary what's yeah. uh your summoner's uh secondary Nindorf? his 
secondary is wizard. Ooh. So, so that's probably 20% on both, or ni- sev- somewhere between 17 and 20%. That, that goes oh. up to 50%. Um, oh, he's staying. He's staying. I think you guys just <laughs> help me decide. <laughs> yeah. Oh. yeah. Very interesting. All right. Um, I'm going to jump back over to – thank you for that, first off, Mr. Zipper. Um, yeah. I feel like I was able to comprehend that. Um, we do not have any other hero numbers in um, in uh, chat yet. And uh, someone has asked, uh, do you want to talk about DFK Arena? Um yeah, we could uh, let's let's do that. Maybe we did not get into that very much already. Uh, maybe let's do that here in a little bit once we close out the perilous journey uh, discussion. Um, okay, so what else do we have on our talking points for the perilous journey? Anything else that that we need to make sure that we're covering? I, think I wanted to run through the stats. I think could you pull up uh, the Mister Zipper's tool? Um, and do the J stats real quick. Oh yeah, yeah. Let me. Let's just talk through these real quick because I think it's very fascinating. Yeah, you're gonna have to give me an intro while I'm uh, getting this up and rolling. Well, here I've got one thing that I just wanted to add back on that crystal uh, discussion while you're pulling that up, and then we can get into this. Is that you know if those crystals, uh, the attunement crystals for leveling, are going to be super common going forward. I hope that you have all used your atonement crystals already because you can, you know, uh, only do uh, one crystal per level up and, you know, you're going to want to start being able to spend those in, in other ways. So, you know, if you haven't already, get those get those done. That's a good point. And if you try to use one twice, it just won't let you start the level up, correct? Correct. Okay, good. Because I at this point, I don't remember who I've used them on. I feel like I've used three, maybe four. And I still have a, uh, I still have several of each kind left, and I should have been better at tracking that. But as long as it just doesn't let you do it, then I think that that answers my question. Yeah. All right, I th- I think I'm I'm ready to go here, Mr. Zipper. What are my bot commands that I need to punch in? You need to hit slash j stats. This is awesome, by the way. I really appreciate you putting this together because I. I had no idea how I was going to learn about this. And then it's, it's fantastic that the community and you in particular um, put stuff like this together in such short order. Yeah, I was, I was really trying to get this one ready to go around the time that, uh, that everything went live and it was a little late, but uh, still managed to get it going. It's a little buggy, but uh, you know, it's a short term thing anyway. So right. we'll just work for now. All right. Well, I have it up on screen now. And uh, do you guys want me to share my screen with you on our, our Discord chat? Or can you know? I have it up separately I've, myself. I've got it up already. Yeah. All right. So, um, it, well, Mr. Zipper, first up, thank you for, for developing this. Like Nindorf said, awesome. Um, what's sticking out to you uh, as, as you're looking at this? You know, maybe we'll go back and forth. So you give us one point, Nindorf, you go, and then I'll go after that. Yeah, so, I mean, first point is that we are just a couple days into signups, and 2% of all heroes have been signed up to this thing already. Um, and, you know, that's going to increase dramatically. I mean, I, I can't believe that, that 3,000 heroes have been sent here, you know, who are going to be doing nothing for the next, you know, five days or whatever it is. Right. Um, which is, you know, really incredible. So, I mean, I think that by the time we actually get to the end of this signup period, we're going to see a lot of heroes. I would not be surprised to see, you know, 20 or 30,000. All right. I, I agree. I think that um, 
Yeah, I, I maybe even think more than more than that. Because how many are in population total now? We're up to... About 145,000, I think. Wow. Yeah. Okay, uh, Nindorf, what's, what's sticking out to you? So I think what sort of surprised me after, you know, you were on uh, Damage and Baby Punch's stream there where we were kind of discussing the, the lack of value in sending common heroes, it seemed like, that they didn't gain you, they had a high probability of death and you didn't get very many ticket, raffle tickets. And I, so I think I was sort of surprised. I kind of got behind that idea. I was sort of surprised by the sheer volume of common heroes here, honestly, and then therefore the lack of mythic heroes. You know, there's only 30 mythic heroes signed up so far, which is a very small number in my opinion. Um, so I think that stuck out to me first of all. Um, and then I think, you know, there's things that weren't surprising to like, look, a lot of gardeners, we've talked about that, right? <laughs> People don't want to uh, click through those. And then not many miners, of course, people are using those to get that lock jewel. So those are the first things that I've noticed. Hmm. Very interesting. I One thing that's interesting to me is the if you kind of look down the the class and advanced class, um, how actually similar the numbers are of of heroes going. It's not like you know there's three hundred ninjas going and only fifty dark knights. So it feels like kind of the way I'm interpreting that is you know whether it's each wallet um, or all wallets are kind of putting a similar level of, of risk to the, the class of hero. I guess I thought there would be um, more variance there than, than there is. Thinking that there are certain classes that people, you know, don't, don't want, like just, just like the same with the gardening, like, right. oh, we don't need these classes, send them. Yeah. And I think more so as we talked Even about earlier, higher. like ninjas are undervalued in the tavern. I assumed that that kind of would, you know, play out here as well that people and, you know, maybe that'll be the case over, uh, you know, the, the rest of our time. When is it Monday at 2 p.m.? I think I think so. Yeah. Uh, 2 p.m. our time. Um, yeah. So I, I think this is um, yeah awesome tool. I'll continue to look at it. I don't I, I think this will. Yeah, maybe start to play into um, maybe some of my more common heroes whether or not I send them, but I, I guess I don't know. It, it's more of like kind of knowing if you're, you're keeping up or not. So one of my strategies right now, and you know, I first kind of like to preface this with um, plugging first off the, the alert system. So we use the alert system, um, you know, got this going and rolling and I've been doing a, a summon strategy. And if you also check out um, sandwich punches, uh, Twitter handle, He's done a kind of a, there's still money left in summoning, um, uh, you know, a few news feed announcements and just overall statistic tracking of, he bought a whole bunch of floor, uh, gen one, 10 of 10 heroes and summoned away with them. And I, I think something that's interesting is that he was actually, you know, making jewel back on, on the heroes that he was summoning. And, you know, I, I found similar levels of success uh, with summoning pures and it didn't quite net as much profit as I was hoping for, but enough that it freed up some jewel where I actually went out and, and bought a, another mythic 
um, to send on the journey. And when I looked at Mythic Basics, I think they started at, what, 61 or 62%, I think, survival rate. And I was the way that I was thinking about it is they could become, you know, combat beasts in the future. And, you know, my calculus was if you're sitting on one Mythic already and I told you you could pay 300 Jewel to give him plus five on three different stats as a mythic owner you would probably take that and so kind of a the opportunity cost um an analysis of of what i'm ultimately saying is you might as well just then have two you're sending them both out and you're expecting one to perish on the journey and you know then you're you're kind of paying that that 300 jewel which was the floor price of mythics about a week ago um to to get one back that has that boosted plus five stats in in three different categories so that's kind of been my my calculus of of what i've been um playing into and so as a little again i'm not surprised that there's only 30 mythics up to this point because also they should have good questing rewards so um i, I guess i'm still surprised that there's this many heroes this early on like you said mr zipper yeah, we'll we'll see how that how that goes up, and yeah, I mean, I'm surprised maybe that there's only third. I don't know. It, it's it's hard to know what to make of these. It's like, should we expect that everybody's going to put all of their most expensive assets at risk? Um, I don't know, but I, I do like the way that you're thinking of of that in terms of like instead of thinking about it as losing a hero, it's like okay, well, no, you're you're paying a certain amount for the chance that you know probably one of them is going to come back. Hopefully, yeah. <laughs> you know, otherwise <laughs> otherwise you're in trouble. Otherwise, I. I will be very sad. Sad day. The other thing I noticed on this chart here, uh, there are two Gen 9s signed up. Wow, those were expensive summons. That's all I have to say. I didn't know that there were... like I, I don't know. That's just fascinating to me. An 8 Gen 8s. Like, yikes. These are expensive summons people paid. I mean, there are only 27 Gen 9s in existence, so... <laughs> oh. oh, wow. Uh, they're, they're the, the other thing... Go ahead, sir. No, I was just going to make a silly comment. So yours is more productive than mine. <laughs> well, the thing that I wanted to, to point out here, what was really interesting to me is how many pirates there are. The pirates are the number one um, class being sent. And I, 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 I wonder if that, you know, is reflective of maybe because people don't really know how to place pirates in PvP yet. Um, although I would have thought that Monk would have been at the top of that list. Um, you know, but it's, it's, it's funny. Like, I, I have to wonder if people think that like, there's a secret mechanic that, you know, that pirates are more likely to survive this, you know, this water <laughs> journey or something. Uh, Less likely to I be eaten by the Kraken. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. And then the other interesting thing is right below that are, are wizards, but wizards are actually the least common, um, class, basic class right now. Uh, I don't know if, oh. you know, I've, I've been writing about the harping on this for a few weeks in my, in my newsletters that like, there's actually a pretty significant disparity between the numbers of basic classes. Like, so, I mean, I just pulled it up. There's uh, j- about 15 and a half thousand knights, which are the first one. There's only 13 and a half thousand wizards. So like they're wow. right at the bottom by like a pretty significant number. Yeah. So I'm surprised then to see wizards, you know, so, so much higher on, uh, you know, on the list of, of heroes being sent. I don't know if it's meaningful, but it's just, you know, we'll see what it looks like at the end of things. Um, but it's interesting. Yeah. I like the spread of levels too. Like, I think 
I was kind of expecting it to skew more towards upper, but then I got to remember too that the populations, there's not a lot of heroes at the higher levels. So to see that many level sixes and fives this actually means people are trying to min and max, I think. I think they're trying to max stats like we've been talking about. I think that's kind of what that shows me. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. All right. Well, um, let's kind of wrap up the combat corner and then maybe give some quick thoughts on uh, the DFK arena. Um, what do you guys think of, and I don't know, Mr. Zipper, if, if you don't really want to comment on that project because you feel like you might be too close to it, um, yeah, especially I, after I, some I of the... I can't actually comment okay. on that, so, but take right. it away. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, and, and yeah, I, and I thought that was an interesting um, call out in yesterday's AMA too, which I think was healthy, that, you know, people closer to actually seeing behind the scenes on some of these shouldn't be influencing uh, the decision of the community. I, I think that does make sense and, and creates for a more healthy environment. So nine dogs. Yeah. <laughs> what do well, you I'll, think? I'll just interject real quick and say, I mean, I agree with that wholeheartedly. And, you know, I think, I don't think that there was anybody in the, you know, in the mod community and, you know, among the knights who was, is at all trying to influence the project, I think, you know, sure. but there was a whole lot of, uh, you know, of, that's a vitriol even, uh, you know, a whole bunch of, or, you know, much nicer, a really bunch of really passionate comments, um, you know, about it. And, you know, and it's important to, to still moderate the channel as well. And if that came across as, you know, oh, we're trying to shill for this project, that's, I mean, that's definitely not the intent, but it's, right. you know, it's always a hard balance to strike. So that's, that's all I'll say on that. Yeah, no, I, I appreciate that. And I would say I, uh, actually avoid um the standard uh dfk uh discord out, outside of the hero bot um at this point i just find it kind of challenging to extract the information that i need between the memes um which is is fine um i just uh you know i, I as i said earlier with the uh, the crystals, you know, I feel like I, I just have to focus my energy in this game into only a, a select few number of spots. Um, and so I, I, that was a, a relatively ignorant comment based on just what I heard in the AMA yesterday. So um, certainly not trying to, to call out or say that that uh, necessarily was the case. Um, so no thank, thank you for that. Okay, um, Nindorf, what do you think of DFK Arena? So, uh, you know, I honestly I haven't looked too closely at it because I've been, you know, there's been a couple of bug reports and things and features on the site that I've been spending my time on. So I, I can't speak really to exactly what it is. I haven't had a chance to, I mean, the thread is is, is large already. Um, but I mean, I think I get the gist of it. I, I think, I don't know, personally, I like the concept of anything that we can do to add. It's kind of like it's like the algorithms that like social media companies use. They want to keep you in the game, right? They want to keep your eyes on this system. And I think that's useful, right? And that's going to provide value. So like if there's more games like this, that can keep people in the DeFi kingdoms uh, environment. I think that's going to be beneficial to everybody. Um, so I, I, I like it. I just, yeah, I, it was just a little different than I expected as we previously talked about. Um, but I think it's cool. I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I think this could be a really fun, like side quest, if you will. Yeah. I, I'm really looking forward to it from, uh, I think as guilds, uh, continue to develop or like discord communities, like merge into or become a guild. I think that, you know, like features like this will be a lot of fun where, it's almost like um, 
you know, like uh, playing pool in, in your guild hall or playing darts in your guild hall. Well, you're taking your assets and, and you're you're doing some combat mechanisms that you could just have as a as a club inside in, inside your guild and create some fun ways to to utilize your downtime and and do like you know it's it's like a small competition um and and who doesn't like that so i i like it i i like we said earlier today um i thought i was you know impressed with how far along they were in development um and i i'm i'm looking forward to see where where this uh nets out okay well um that's all that we had on the, uh, the pre-planned agenda today. So, Mr. Zipper, thank you very much for, for your time, as always, and uh, yeah, your pleasure. dedication to the community. Uh, thank you. Yeah, and, and Nindorf, thank you as well. And uh, thank you to our listeners out there. And uh, good luck on the perilous journey. I'm going to be signing out now. All right. Thank you.